The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Kraftchik. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything, from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters, so we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is, things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in, so feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my co-host, Michael Vargas, a fellow dating coach with a clinical psychology background, my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for a fun dating fact presented by our partner, Lively, a new dating app that uses videos to tell your story. 
By the way, we started a t-shirt line, and we're pretty sure these t-shirts will make killer presents for the holidays. So check it out on our website at datablepodcast.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. So on each episode, we dissect a dating story, and one of the requests we always get from our listeners is that they want to hear about how people go from dating to relationships. So today, uh, I have Boris and Kate here, who when I kind of brought this up to my producer, Julie, Julie, do you want to say hey? Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey. When I brought this up to Julie, Julie's like, I have these great friends of mine who um, have a great story. They're getting married this year. Uh, and it's a really fascinating story of how they met. So I'm like, please bring them in, but don't tell me anything. So Kate and Boris, <laughs> just say a quick hello. Hello. Hi. Nice to be here. <laughs> right now they're in the room with me, but I'm about to kick Kate out of the room because we're going to interview them one by one separately and see how their stories match up. So Kate, love seeing you. Take some food, get some wine. Get out of here. Enjoy. Now you can talk shit, Boris. Oh, it's on. (laughs) Well, let's start with BK, which is before Kate, okay? Okay. What was your dating history like at that point before meeting Kate? You know, so I moved out to California and ended uh, a pretty long relationship. So for the first few months- Where did you move from? Vermont. Okay. So the first few months, it was very much a um, just work, go along with my life, and and just kind of live. So I wasn't really thinking about dating at all, wasn't doing any dating. Um, And about four months in or so, uh, I had some friends visit from New York, and they, they started really grilling me and really pushing me like, hey, it's been like four months, what's going on? Like, like, what are you doing? How are you meeting girls? Like what's going on in your life? And I'm like, well, you know, I, every once in a while I go out with some friends, but keep in mind I'm new to the city, so it's not like I know a lot of people. Were you craving a girlfriend at this point? Not really. No, you were happy on your own. I was happy on my own, and, and, and you know, again, this is five years ago, so this was, there was online dating, right? This was, online dating was a thing, but especially coming from a place like Vermont, where online dating held still held quite a bit of taboos I kind of came in with uh, a little bit of stigma around it and a little bit of oh I'll meet somebody organically right it's just it's just gonna happen so you get to a point where all your friends are like shouldn't you be dating absolutely yeah and so a friend of mine visiting from New York and he happened you know we both happen to be Jewish neither one of us is religious but that's a whole nother conversation so basically um, he says listen we're going to sign you up for J-Date. It's great. I've been getting laid left and right. It's amazing. Why not Match.com then? You know, my, my friend suggested J-Date. And so as someone that was new to this whole online dating thing, it worked for him really well. So so then you get a J-Date profile. Who yeah. sets it up? Uh, my friend Boris. Another Boris. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, us Russians stick together. It's, uh, it's... <laughs> so Boris sets up your J-Date profile, and then what? He, he was on this, like, messaging girls left and right. I think he probably messaged something like 80 girls that evening. He was, like, your profile dating manager. Oh, he'd sorts. done it before, right? He's got experience. I'm not above 
kind of seeking help when I need it. So, and it seemed like a good cause. So um, one of the girls I was messaging with uh, ended up being Kate. One of them. How many girls were you messaging? Or the other Boris was messaging at this point? Well, so we started with like 80, but as, <laughs> right? Like, but as dating sites go, that gets called pretty quickly, right? It's a reasonable amount to start <laughs> with. 80. So your initial attempt to talk to Kate, what was that like? You know, so she would probably tell you that it was pretty awkward, right? It's not something that I'd ever done before. So that was... Um, Do you remember her, your first message to her? Oh, this is going to be embarrassing. I think in her profile she's had some sort of um, like joking reference to Jersey Shore, mm -hmm. which should uh, put a nice like date in terms of timeline of when this was. Um, and so I made some sort of kind of joke about being a big fan of Jersey Shore. Again, don't remember the specifics, but okay. uh, we started messaging back and forth. Um, and then settled on kind of a, a date. Oh, so our first date actually didn't happen. Why? Uh, so she had an allergic reaction and had to cancel last minute. Allergic reaction to what? Um, to cats. She just moved into a new place. The previous people had cats. She's very <laughs> allergic. So I got this, um, I think it was a message that uh, canceled our first date. And I basically, you know, at this point, I hadn't met this girl. I'd messaged back and forth. I think we did a... A quick phone call. And what did you think when she canceled the first date? Um, I basically, so going into this, right, so expectations were low. So there's, uh, as they are with online dating. Um, so it wasn't really a big hit or a big loss. It was just a, okay, hey, I guess this isn't going to work and, and move on. So then you guys actually did meet up. How? When did this happen? So, well, so she canceled but rescheduled. So I should note that this was my first actual internet date. Oh, okay. Um, so I was pretty nervous. Uh, I got there first, got a drink, that definitely helped. And uh, she showed up and, and we kind of, we just started talking. And, first impressions. Oh, she's gonna kill me. But um, <laughs> the female form is, is so beautiful and I do not understand why San Francisco tends to, and, and this was, the case with Kate as well, like just layers and baggy and all sorts of things. And it's certainly like maybe stylish. I don't know, but not, not to my taste at least. Okay. So then she comes to, to you. Mm -hmm. Did you recognize her right away? Uh, it was, I mean, yeah, this was, th we met pretty early in the night. Like, I think we met at like five or 6 PM. So, oh, so, day. so the bar was, was far from full. And so it was, yeah, it was, it was very obvious, and um, so yeah, so we basically, like, we plopped ourselves down at the bar, um, got a few drinks, and started talking. Okay, and? The conversation flowed incredibly well. She's an amazing person. She's someone that brings a lot to the table. She's incredibly smart. Uh, she's witty. She's funny, and, like, we just had this instant banter, right? This back and forth. Um, what was one thing that she told you that you remember? One thing that stood out? I, I don't know that like what she told me, right? But in terms of the question, she asked really good questions. So she was a great conversationalist. Yeah, absolutely. She was able to carry on the conversation. Um, how did this date end? 
Do I have to answer that question? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, we went back to her place. Really? Yeah. So the conversation was so good. Whose idea was it to go back to her place? Uh, I don't remember. I, it kind of like, it happened pretty naturally, I want to say. And then what happened? Tell me. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, we, we hooked up. It was, it was great. Yeah, sex. Yeah. Okay. Next morning, what happens? Did you spend the night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, spent the night. Uh, next morning, had sex again. And what was going through your head at this point? You're like, online dating is amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, yeah, J-Date is great. <laughs> is Kate Jewish? No, she's not. Did you ask her why she's on J-Date? Uh, she got tired of the dating scene on other websites. <laughs> and and it, actually, you should probably have her answer this question of why she went on J-Date. And then how does this relationship progress? It was, you know, it was a slow start. You know, I had, and I should note, like, I, I went on a few other dates between our first date and the second date. Mm-hmm. Um, I had already kind of set them up. And the, the other thing is, again, early on, you don't really know, right? right? The other dates that I went on after the fact really solidified for me that, like, I had a really good connection with Kate. Oh, so it took the other dates to, in comparison for you to know. Nothing will show you what a good date should be like, like going on a bad date. Huh. And then on wh- when did you know that you wanted her to be your girlfriend? When we went to Hardly Strictly, and she went with all my friends, my brother, um, and hung out with us all day, right? That kind of... Once I introduced her to my kind of my brother and my friend circle, that started solidifying that, hey, there's something here and this is becoming a relationship. When did you know you were in love with Kate? I think when she started accepting or overlooking my faults. What are some of your faults? Uh, I can be stubborn. She balance that with equal stubbornness, <laughs> right? I, I found someone that was equal to me in terms of uh, she wouldn't put up with my bullshit. So when did you say I love you to her? She said I love you much earlier. And she it, did? Yeah, it, it took a while. And, and I didn't, as someone who's been pressured to say I love you, right? So when she said I love you, what did you do? Um, we actually, we had a conversation about it in terms of why I couldn't say that yet. Why I didn't say I love you too. So do you remember the first time you said I love you to her? Do you remember that moment? No. When did you know that she was the one for you? Yeah, so we did this crazy trip through Siberia. We, oh. we motorcycled, we took a motorcycle uh, up the ice roads of Siberia. That was just such an amazing adventure. And so that was really, hey, someone that I can share this with something this out there this kind of fun and crazy and really really challenging Mm -hmm. that's someone that I can really spend my life with and how long were you guys dating before you proposed uh four years four years okay Kate was definitely kind of ready for that step before I was and I needed a little more time Mm -hmm. Um, And that actually created a lot of pressure in our relationship. Really? Okay, let's park that. Now we have Kate back in the room. Boris is downstairs 
<laughs> Are you ready for your part? Sure. Uh, let's just start from the beginning. I'm going to call this uh, BB before Boris. Tell me about the time before Boris. What was your dating history like? I was uh, single for quite some time, probably about six, six plus years. Uh, Define I, single for me. Um, not really in a serious relationship. But dating. But dating, yeah. Um, dating, meeting guys. I was. Uh, I had some. I would say pseudo relationships where I would see somebody for a few months, three to six months, but I never really connected with someone super seriously. And I think my college boyfriend was the last boyfriend that I had talked about anything really serious about or even thought about something like living together, which uh, would be crazy. So I was, um, I was single Kate. Uh, <laughs> after I was single for a while in San Francisco, I kind of came to this point where I thought, hmm, life might be kind of nice if I shared it with someone. And I remember... Do you remember what prompted this? It, there wasn't really a point. I don't think there was some, like, big aha. Um, I just, I think a couple of my friends were starting to get into relationships, and I had always told myself, oh, that's not for me, that's not something, you know, I'm going to just be alone, like, I'm super happy, and that's, that's... That's my life. I'm happy with it. And I saw a couple of friends that had also been single like me get in these relationships and be very happy. And um, I thought, huh, this is this would be this would be kind of nice. And I think I said to a friend like, oh, I want to be in a relationship. I'm like, well, why? And I didn't really have a good answer. Uh, and then as I thought about it, I wanted to see what life would be like with someone else and share with someone. So. Um, probably about six months before I even met Boris. And then, so what did you do? Uh, so I went online. <laughs> uh -huh. What, what, uh, websites? At the time happened to be, uh, living with this woman who was a little bit older and she said, oh, try J-Date. And I said, well, I'm not Jewish. And my friend <laughs> said, well, no, you'll like the guys on here and they'll like you. It'll be a good... <laughs> Why? Why? Um, she just said, hey, they like... They like women who are smart, which I realize I'm not sounding that intelligent on this podcast, but uh, they, it, she said, um, they were, my, my friend who is Jewish said a lot of great things about Jewish guys and said, hey, I think you should, you should try it. What are the great qualities about Jewish men? Um, they treat women really well, uh, according to her. Mm -hmm. um, they are really smart, really communicative, great in bed. That was probably the top four. What was it about Boris that made you want to communicate with him? So he picked something in my profile that he specifically saw and made a witty comment. What was it? Uh, something about the Jersey Shore I had in my profile and he like made some comment about it that was, I thought, very witty. And so we had good back and forth banter a little bit. And then he also asked for my number pretty quickly. And so I was like, great. I gave it to him and he, um, he called me like that evening. So I liked the fast responsiveness. I'm still, I still believe you can't really meet someone over text and form something. So I thought he got a lot of points for not texting at first and, and picking up the phone and calling. He sounded sweet on the phone, and then we made plans for a first date. <laughs> Where was your first date? 
so we had a little snafu on our first day because we were supposed to go out this one evening and I ended up having a really bad, I don't know if you talked about this, a really bad allergic reaction to like my friend had cats and so I had slept there and so I had this bad reaction. So um, I called him to cancel the date or postpone it and I realized it sounded ridiculous because I said, hey, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but I'm really allergic to cats. And so like my face is swollen and can't really leave the house. Cause I, I like my eyes aren't shutting and my, my, like, yeah, I had like, it, it wasn't good. And, uh, he's like, all right, well, I'm going away. Like, can we reschedule for when I get back in three days? And I said, yeah. So then we had our first date. So it was a little bit, but I was totally honest. Cause I was like, well, I'm not going to lie. And I don't want to reschedule. I should just be honest. But I realized that the, honest truth probably sounds more ridiculous than fiction okay yeah, he still agreed to our first date and our first date was at bloodhound and oh bloodhound okay and yeah, soma so we went up for cocktails and to tell me about that first date um i don't know why for some reason i was nervous which is kind of funny because i wasn't i hadn't been nervous for dates before um so I had a drink before I showed up. Oh, you had a drink before. Where? At home? Uh, across the street. What did so, you wear? Do you remember? Yes, as he affectionately calls the shirt I wore, a boob curtain. Um, yeah, a I wore what? The, a boob curtain. A boob curtain. Because it hid, it hides everything. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh, <laughs> you actually have a figure. Tell me about your first impressions of Boris when you walked into Bloodhound. He was really cute. He looked, he looked like his picture. Do you remember anything about his pictures, his profile photos? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Um, he was in one picture skiing in his, um, in disco pants. <laughs> so. Okay, so how did this first date end at Bloodhound? Um, it didn't end at Bloodhound. <laughs> uh, we um, ended up having drinks. Uh, he came back to my place. We hooked up and he went home the next morning. Who initiated going back to your place? Probably, uh, most likely me. He was really interesting. He kind of made me nervous in a way, um, but in a good way, nervous. Like I felt, um, yeah, kind of like butterflies. Really? <laughs> Just getting to know him and stuff. And I think he... He was really interesting. He was super communicative, too. Define communicative for me. Uh, so I think one of the things he's done since we started dating is he said goodnight to me every night or would text me every night. And that was, that little thing was very, it was very sweet. At what point did you guys become boyfriend-girlfriend? Um, <laughs> Do you remember a DTR conversation or a defining moment? Um we were kind of going to this point and he was like, well, I really want to meet your friends. And I think that that was part of the, okay, like, you know, if you are going to meet my friends and we're going to meet each other's friends and, and be intertwined, should we have a conversation about like seeing, seeing each other and possibly seeing other people or not seeing other people? Were you seeing other people though? After the first date, I did see someone else. Um, but I realized that I, I liked, him more than this other person and so I decided not to and I know that he had also seen 
other people, at least in the beginning, because he told me. <laughs> <laughs> it was very honest, and it was very, um, it was very sweet of him to say it, because at, at that point, we hadn't been together, and it's like, it doesn't matter, but I appreciate you telling me. Do you remember this I love you moment? I do, actually. <laughs> okay, describe it for me. Um, we were, it's years. <laughs> so cheesy, we were at this park. When we first met, I had a puppy, and he helped me raised this puppy and he was playing with the dogs and I just looked at him and I, I, I knew like, oh, this is, I feel this way towards this person. And it was kind of scary to do it. Um, so you just, you said it first. Yes. And he didn't say it back. <laughs> so then I didn't say it after for a little while, um, but I would say it occasionally. I said, you know what, I'm going to put myself out there. Um, this is how I feel, and if it, if he feels this way, like, because he, it seemed like in his actions he was saying it, but he wasn't in his words, which did for a little while make me feel kind of insecure. Um, at the same time, I was like, okay, like, I've, I've put myself out there, and I'm out there. So I'm not forcing him to say it. If he wants to say it, he will. And then when did he say it back? few months after. <laughs> a few months after you said I yeah, love you. Yeah, a few months after. And Do you remember that moment when he said I love you? Yeah, he was like, I have something to tell you. Um, and he was like, I have two things I need to tell you. Good news. Like, he said, like, good news or, like, not, or like, he's like, but don't worry, they're both good. Which you want to hear first? <laughs> he was like, you make my life great and I love you. So. And then when did you know that? Like, this is it. This is a guy for you. Um, I think the, because of the love part, that, that definitely helped. Um, when he started to integrate a lot more with my friends and he made such an effort with all of my friends and really getting to know them and to help them and, like, do all these other things, I think that was, for me, the big part of, okay, like, this is, this is what I want in someone that I spend my life with. Let me tell them to come upstairs. Now I have Boris and Kate back in the room. Hey guys. Hello. So I'm just gonna go through some of the major milestones in your relationship leading up to your engagement. You can just, don't be nervous. Kate looks nervous. And this will be the first time our producer Julie um, will be hearing both sides yeah. of the story. This will be really interesting. It's always great to see what people take away from like initial stages of dating, right? So let's just go from the beginning. I said to Boris, what was it like BK before Kate? What was it like BB before <laughs> Boris, right? So uh, Boris was going through a stage in his life where he was enjoying being single. And Kate was just like, I was casual dating for like six years in San Francisco. So kind of like two different sides of, a, of um, the equation here. But uh, Boris is like, you know, I was, I was really happy being single, but my friends were like, maybe you should meet someone, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe get a girlfriend of sorts. And he was really adamant about meeting someone organically when he finally realized that he had pretty much zero opportunity for that to happen. And Kate kind of felt... There was a similar uh, situation where Kate's like, you know what? I was happy being single, but all my friends were starting to couple off. I saw how happy they were in relationships, and that's what influenced me to be like, maybe I should go find someone. 
And it's interesting. We hear this a lot from couples and from people who go from single uh, life to couple life is when their friends start coupling off and they're like, you know what? Maybe I should try this thing called relationship. So the the uh, mindset was really interesting because Kate's like, I think I'm ready to share my life with someone. And Boris just felt like maybe I should just meet someone like another, <laughs> maybe I should just meet another human. <laughs> Well, hold on. I, I work with humans. I meet humans. It's, it's, meet a human in a different capacity. So I asked, how how did you guys meet? And at this point, Boris had never done online dating. Kate had this brilliant idea from her friend. You should try J-Date. Jewish men, a nice Jewish boy. They're smart. They're smart. They treat women well. They're communicative. And Boris, his friend Boris... Another guy named Boris was like, you should try J-Date because I get laid a lot on that. <laughs> so both people end up on J-Date at the same time. Now, keep in mind, Kate is not Jewish, but whatever. She's willing to try it. Both of you said you had really great communication, really great back and forth banter, in which we hear this a lot from, from couples, is that back and forth, it's very natural, even if it's through messaging on an app or online dating site. Kate really liked the fact, Boris, that you asked for her number right away. So she knew that this wasn't going to be just an online conversation forever. You took action and you called her that night. The day you got her phone number, you called her that night. I really don't understand the fear of phone calls. It's not something that I've ever had. I mean, welcome to millennials, right? Yeah, I know. Maybe maybe I'm old. Yeah, I think it could could show some of your age. But some people are just afraid of phone calls. You know, they're afraid of actually speaking to a human. So Boris remembers you, Kate, walking in and he was like, what is it with the San San Francisco women (laughs) who dress in such a way where so like baggy clothing, not showing your figure? (laughs) Explain what a boob curtain is. It hides the entire female figure of like, oh, do you have breasts? I don't know. (laughs) This date did not end at Bloodhound. It ended at Kate's place. And Kate says she probably initiated inviting you over to her place at the end of the night. That could have been the case. I didn't, you know, I don't know. You know, with any sort of modern romance and modern dating, you guys have already talked about this. You were seeing other people at this point early on in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Kate had one other person kind of in the lineup. You were going on other first dates. But what I do want to stress is the the point both of you made is that it, it took dating other people to realize that Boris and Kate were right for each other. You guys went on several more dates. I asked both of you, on what date did you know that you were boyfriend and girlfriend? When did you know that you were exclusive together? So Boris said it took um, hardly strictly for him to decide that you were his girlfriend because he was introducing you that way to his family and friends. That was when he met his friends and I... That's when when you knew. That's Ah. when I sort of... That was when we met, but I didn't think we were actually official until a couple, like the week or two later. But he did, at some point, he introduced me as his girlfriend. And I thought, oh, maybe I actually am. (laughs) But I wasn't sure at that point, but he was... He did come to, yeah, I remember that. I remember that date very, very well. So for Kate, the defining moment was when you asked her if you could start meeting her friends. So that's like, that's like a signal of you being like, can I be integrated into your life? Let's merge our lives together. 
I do think meeting friends is a defining moment because how do you how do you introduce that person? You're not like, this is Kate, uh, a girl from J-Date. <laughs> She's not Jewish. That's weird. I don't know. But it's, it takes that, it takes that like, you know, I'm introducing you to the people who are most important in my life. This is my girlfriend. This is my boyfriend. Yeah, and, and looking, looking back, I've had relationships where I haven't gotten along with or had a kind of a connection with um, my girlfriend's friends. And like hindsight, that was, it was huge red flags. I do think this is important to say, to note, is that Kate said her feelings started developing as she knew that you were someone important to her when you would um, say goodnight to her every night. And that was like right from the beginning when we started dating, like he did it every night. I don't know if you remember. I don't remember this at all, but it, <laughs> it, it, it sounds you're, like you're something I would do. So I know. Is this some app? Is this some app you use that just like automatically send a good night? No, I, I assure you that I'm not that clever. So then I asked, I wanted to know, when did you know that you were in love? Okay, so this is where it gets really interesting. Oh, God, yes, it does. Kate had a very vivid memory of her knowing she loved you when you, were at, you guys were at a park. You are walking her puppy, and she looked at you, and she's like, I'm in love with Boris. I'm in love with him. And shortly after that, she said it to you. She said, I love you. And Boris remembers you saying, I love you, and he didn't say it back. Correct. He said it was very <laughs> awkward for both of you. Yep. But Boris is the type of person, I know quite a few guys kind of like you, you're so stubborn in the, to the point where you're like, even if I'm ready, I'm going to arrive at that point on my own. 100%. Nobody's <laughs> going to prompt me there. So let me take yep. my it's own worth journey. It's so much more that way. But the beauty of someone like that is whatever they say, they mean it. There is so much weight to it. It was a little rough. <laughs> so hold on. Maybe you I didn't mean... hear me the first time. <laughs> I no. just whispered it. So... I won't say it for another month. And then I'd just be like, I love you. <laughs> I asked Boris, when did you know that you were in love with Kate? And he said, when I realized that she was overlooking all of my faults, including me being stubborn. And I think that's something that comes up a lot is that you know you love someone when you can be yourself 100% around them. They're holding hands. If you guys start making out, um, I do have a closet you can go into. Kate remembers that you said, I love you at her apartment. I asked you when you, when you said, I love you, do you remember that moment? Boris was like, no. All right? Of course not. But it was at Kate's apartment. And you said, I have two things I want to say to you. And what were those two things, Kate? You make my life great, and I love you. It was after we went shopping together, so I yeah. don't know if there was a correlation. But Do you remember that now? No, but I mean, if you can make shopping pleasant, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Boris also wanted to mention, he knew that he fell in love with you, was also on your trip to Siberia where he felt like if this is a person who can kind of rough this environment with me and be in this with me together, she's like my partner for life. And I do think sometimes trips, vacations, experiences can really help shape a relationship. Or break it. Or break a relationship. <laughs> That's when you know it's a true test. You think there are ways to test your relationship? And I hate to say test because that's, a, that's like almost saying that you're, um, you're doubting a relationship. But ways to see multiple facets of your relationship is to do something together that you're both afraid of. Like going into an environment, um, some couples go into 
going to networking events together where they mm -hmm. don't know anybody and it's an industry they don't know nothing about and just go into it together. Well, that's so San Francisco. That's very San Francisco. <laughs> I do know that. Or like you go rock climbing together if you've never done rock climbing. Doing something, both of you, where you're overcoming a fear is a great way to just see another facet of your relationship. What I'm learning from both of you, um, this love story that you both have, is that you guys basically did not follow any of the rules of dating, right? Yeah. You slept with each other on the first date. You were on a, you were on J date and you're not even Jewish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The girl said, I love you first. I mean, yeah. there is like everything in this relationship was the opposite of what you normally hear in like a rom-com and it yeah. still worked out because why, why do you think it worked out? So we respect each other, mm. right? Like, I have an amazing amount of respect for Kate. She adds so, so much to my life. So once I found someone that did that for me, then after that, it was kind of all figured out. What do you respect about Kate? Name some qualities. Her willingness to learn, change, and grow. There's some people you meet where it's, uh, hey, this is who I am, this is what I like, and that's that. And, and there's this rigidness that's there. And, and the fact that our relationship and our dynamic was, was fluid, really, like, to me, that, that was the biggest thing. And, Kate, what do you respect about Boris? Oh, God, do I have to answer after yes. that? That was so amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can't think <laughs> that he prepares answers. We're all, like, on the verge of tears right now. I know. I'm, like, crying. I actually really don't need to speech. Um, uh... Oh God, where do I, where do I start? <laughs> um, he's so um, open and, and humble and willing to be himself, but also share all of that with me. And I think for most people, even for myself, and like when you meet people, it's, it's really hard to make yourself open and expose your hopes, your dreams, and your fears with someone, and um, he's so open um, with with me about that. I think that what I'm getting from you guys is this dynamic of not a me versus you. Dating these days, a lot of people have that me versus you mentality. Like the whole, oh, after we slept together, it's a me versus you. I guess I'm not gonna text you first, and I know I'm not gonna text you first, right? right. But both of you just kept an open mind about what would happen next, although you had baseline low expectations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was more, you were very communicative about like, okay, I don't know what's happening. I've never done this before. I'm new to this. Let's just, we're in this together. And it's that yeah. togetherness that I find really refreshing. So I think for listeners at home, here's an action item for you. There's two. One is if you're in like a strange place with someone you just started dating and there's, there's a need that's not being met or you have some sort of miscommunication, reach out to them and communicate with them. Tell them why you're in this strange state of mind or tell them what it is that you need right now and why you're feeling this way and see, just see how they respond. There's no need to be like, well, if he doesn't know or if she doesn't know how I'm feeling right now, then we're obviously not right for each other. Give that person a chance, communicate, and then give them a chance to respond. Action item number two, go on J-Day. Everybody should sign up for J-Day. Apparently that's Even where all the- Even you're not Jewish. Mazel tov. And wear disco pants in your photos. 
Um, thank you so much, Kate and Boris, for sharing your story. Oh, oh, we have a little special. This is amazing. I, I forgot. Okay, we have a little surprise for you. Boris, because you don't have a really good memory, uh, we thought that maybe we should bring back some of the initial messages that were exchanged on J-Date. Is this on J-Date? I think okay. this is going to ruin the whole episode. Uh, I haven't read these, so here's oh, your wow. copy. Okay. Here's your copy. We're starting from here, apparently. This is you. Yeah. Okay, so read that. You're right about Ronnie and Sammy. What a train wreck. Crisis averted. I choose the situation as my role model in life. Funny, I aspire to be as cool as Snooki one day. <laughs> Apparently they are back together in the latest season thanks to a big paycheck. I mean, working things out on MTV. Vermont, <laughs> I lived in Massachusetts for a bit. Ah, New England. How are you enjoying the best coast so far? Wait, okay, wow, I really wrote this. This is... This is... <laughs> Wow. Okay. I don't know you yet, but I'm willing to bet. bet that you'll be able to live up to your aspirations. I can't say I've really followed the show in the past year. Thanks for catching me up on the happenings. It's a relief to know that Snooki is doing well. I was kind of worried about her. <laughs> Where did you live in mass? Question mark. I spent most of my childhood in Acton, about 25 minutes outside of Boston. Uh, San Francisco has been really uh, good so far. San Fran, that yeah, yeah, no, there was, there was a little... <laughs> <laughs> My brother lived, has lived in the city for the past few years, so it's been a relatively easy move. Although meeting new people has proven a bit more difficult than I was anticipating, given my work schedule and general way of life out here. Hence, J-Date. How long have you lived in the Bay Area? Question mark. If only I can get as orange as she is. I want to keep talking about Snooki. Okay. I end up moving out here with the company. Best of all, I can run outside year-round and have been here four years. My favorite place is Dolores Park. How about you? Meeting people on the internet is totally kosher out here and much more than normal. When in Rome. When in Rome. It's kind of funny because my friend back in Boston met her boyfriend of two years online and still tells everyone they met at a bar. I noticed you ski. Have you been to Tahoe at all? I ski quite a bit, grew up racing competitively. Now I just ski for fun. I've been up to Tahoe a few times, but I'm hoping to make it up more often this coming winter. Do you ski or snowboard? Question mark. Do you want to meet at some point? Question mark. Wander around the city? Question mark. No, I don't want to meet. I just want to be internet only friends. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Sure. Here's my cell. Hope to hear from you soon. Bam. It, it's really amazing because reading this right now, this is still our personalities to this day, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys, in the interest of time, let's just wrap this up. I love this so much. Guys at home, we want to hear your stories about how you got together with your significant other. It's, it, it's possible, right? It's possible to find true love in the city. It's possible to find true love in this modern age of romance. We've seen it with Boris and Kate. We've seen it with some of our other guests. 
Uh, their story was not, you know, in any way fairy tale like, but it still moved us to tears because when you find someone you connect with, it just fucking works. It just works and you respect each other and you want to be with each other. It's conscious couplehood and I believe in it. So share your stories with us. Uh, you can remain anonymous if you choose to do so. You can drop us a line at datablepodcast.com. Last but not least, one, two, three, stay dateable. Here's a dating fact brought to you by Lively, a new video dating app. And we have Kat from Lively here. Kat, what are people looking for in their significant others? So we surveyed both men and women on what they thought were the most important qualities in their significant others. And the most important quality to men was trust. Over 50% of men, actually almost 54% of men, said that trust was the most important quality in their significant other. The second most important quality was intelligence. And the third, sexiness. And what about for women? So for women, it was pretty similar. Women also stated that trust was their most important quality they looked for in a man. But surprisingly, not as many women said that as men. Just under 50% of women said that. Okay. Um, The second one was also intelligence. But the third one, the third one was kindness. Mm, I like that. Yes. So women... They don't really care so much about the sexiness. They want a guy who's kind. Do you know why? Because we're smart. We know sexiness (laughs) will die down with age, okay? And I've heard lots of my girlfriends say, that guy has really kind eyes, or he has like a really kind demeanor. So that's actually a a really fascinating fact for guys too, you know, just to think about like how you're projecting yourself. Like it. Well, thanks Kat, and thanks Lively for that dating fact. Videos tell your story better. Download the Lively Dating app today at golivelyapp.com. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm-hmm.